Welcome to The Nature of Nantucket. I'm Joanna Roach, and I'm joined today by Jason Finger. We both work at the Mariah Mitchell Association, where we get to learn lots about the natural world and the wonder of Nantucket every day. And today, Jason is going to share a little bit with us about Mariah Mitchell because we just celebrated her birthday. So welcome, Jason. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we just celebrated number 204. <laughs> uh. It's so hard to believe. So why don't you take our listeners through a little bit of the history of Mariah Mitchell. So she was born August 1st, 1818, and she would die in June of 1889. And not long after her death, her family decided that they wanted to protect and promote her legacy and her birthplace. And so we were founded in 1902 and officially incorporated in 1903. So we're one of the oldest museums, if not the oldest, in the country that honors a woman. And everything, I like to say, started in the Mitchell House. So all the departments that make up the Mariah Mitchell Association once were all housed at one Vestal Street, Mariah's birthplace, until we were given or acquired the buildings that make up the Mariah Mitchell Association. So by 1946, we were solely interpreting the life of Mariah Mitchell, is America's first woman astronomer. And she has a title for a couple of reasons. She discovered a telescopic comet on October 1st, 1847, for which she was awarded a gold medal from the King of Denmark, the first American and the first woman to receive that honor. She was one of the first women to work for the U.S. federal government. She was, of course, the first librarian at the Nantucket Athenaeum, where she was librarian for 20 years. And then she went on to teach at Vassar College for Women when it opened in 1865. That made her the first female professor of astronomy in the United States, but she was actually also the first professor male or female that Vassar College hired, and she would teach there until 1888. And she would travel around the world and travel out west with her students to view solar eclipses. And she was very much an incredible force, positive force for her students, but also for women in the sciences and women in education. Wow. How long have you been having this birthday? So the birthday has been, it's been going on pretty much since our beginnings in some kind of capacity, whether it was a small tea or what have you, or a bigger open house, which we've been definitely having for the last, I would say, kind of 50, 60 years, the, the bigger open house where our museum we close the street down. We have activities and music, people and refreshments, and people can visit. And we unfortunately didn't have it because of the pandemic for 2020 and 2021. But this year, we were able to open the doors again for the birthday. So it was a lot of fun to welcome people back and to see the energy and to see families and, and adults and children all enjoying themselves and celebrating Mariah's legacy. And, and talk to us a little bit, Jason, about how the Mariah Mitchell Association got started. And because we were, I think it was 1902. So 1902, we were started by Mariah's family members, heavily by that point, her cousins who had been born and raised in the Mitchell house themselves. Uh, when Mariah's family moved to the Pacific Bank where her father was cashier and thus in charge of the bank, which housing came with the position, uh, William sold the house to his youngest brother. And it was uh, that youngest brother's daughters and granddaughters who started the Mariah Mitchell Association. Some of Mariah's siblings assisted. Many of them had already passed away by that point. You know, they wanted to make sure that Mariah's legacy lived on. And it was in the natural sciences, in astronomy, in education, 
Uh, and to that end, the Mitchell House opened in 1903. And the house is unusual in the fact that it went right from Raya's aunt's estate to the association, again, started by our family members. So there's no running water, there's no electricity. We have a lot of the original decorative paint treatments in the house, a lot of the original pieces that belong to the family. So it makes it an unusual historic house museum in, in that way as well. And Mariah was a naturalist as well as an astronomer and a mathematician. And her other family members were also in the sciences as well. So that's why we have a natural science museum and an aquarium. And our aquarium actually, that everybody knows down on Washington Street, lived in multiple places until it came to rest where it is today in the 1980s. It even lived a summer or two on the Nantucket Lightship and in different cottages on the wharf and up here on Vestal Street in our natural science museum. So it's kind of a, a the Mariah Mitchell Association is a treasure trove of, of different things of the the plant life, the birds, the insects of Nantucket, the flora, the fauna, the, the history of the island, at least through Mariah's lens, is for Quakerism and astronomer and what have you, our observatories. So we're, we're a very unique organization that has a lot to offer, um, whether it be at our sites or in our programming year round or our children's discovery classes. We're a really unique organization um, with thanks to Mariah and her her belief in learning by doing and in her legacy and what she did in her life. That's all very impressive. Just delving a little bit into, you know, some more history about how the association got started. You know, I think that there's also a really impressive tradition of women who've worked here in astronomy, uh, who have shared their knowledge. Take us a little bit through that lineage. So who was the first director of astronomy? and walk us through that. So our first director of astronomy was Margaret Harwood. She came via Harvard and our astronomy department and program was assisted in its founding by the Harvard College Observatory. The Mitchells actually had, were very good friends with the Bonds who ran the observatory in the 19th century. And so Edward Pickering, who was the head of Harvard, was asked for input by Mrs. Hinchman, our president at the time, who was a descendant of of Mar on Mariah's uncle's side, and um, Annie Jump Cannon, who was a very well-known astronomer in her own right, helped to kind of spearhead the astronomy program here. And they had several fellows over the course of summers as they started the program in 1908. Um, Margaret Harwood would be one of those fellows. Um, they tended to be women who were recent graduates of women's colleges, because those were basically the schools that had women at them and also astronomy programs that the women could attend. And so Margaret Harwood in the early 1920s became our first astronomer and was here into the 1960s. And she played a large role, not just in the Mariah Mitchell Association, but in influencing others on Nantucket. There are quite a few Nantucketers who are still with us, um, also who have gone, who would be influenced by, as she was referred to, Miss Harwood and the work she did, and then also influencing them in where they went in their lives, where they went to school, maybe what they studied. That would include um, Eileen McGrath, who was our natural science director for many, many years, that had volunteered and worked here as a child as well. And Miss Harwood took Eileen McGrath under her wing. And Eileen would go and teach at a private boarding school in Rhode Island for many years as a science teacher. And then other astronomers who came after, 
Ms. Harwood were Dort Hofflate. We shared her kind of almost like a part-time basis, um, six months of the year she was at Yale. She's well known for her work on the Yale Bright Star Catalog. She was quite an amazing individual herself. She was one of the first women to have a PhD in astronomy in the United States. And then several other astronomers would come after her. We haven't had that many astronomers at the Mariah Mitchell Association because they all have had very long tenures with us. And then we had an amazing group of different individuals who came through the, the natural science program as well. And some of them, you know, we were a summer program. So people would go back to wherever they came from in the wintertime, if they were a professor at a college or like Eileen McGrath, a, a teacher at, at, a, at a school off island, and then they would spend the summer here working. And so, you know, I think that in 204 years, a lot has changed in the world. What do you, what do you think Mariah would say about some of the changes? I mean, let's, let's break that into some categories, right? Like the political changes. And I think, uh, you know, that would be interesting to talk about. And also the put the, you know, so the political changes and I think the changes in science. Yeah, I think, um, wow. <laughs> it's interesting. I think there's some things that she would be impressed with how far we've come along. I think there's other places that she would be um, depressed or, or, or upset by the fact that we haven't made as much movement as she would expect on certain things. She was very active in the women's rights and the slaves' rights movement. And she was quite outspoken. She also fought for equal pay for herself and the other female professors at Vassar for her entire time at Vassar. I think she would be excited by things like the James Webb Telescope. I mean, you just think about all the advances, just the things that that she couldn't even probably wrap her head around. It just like you know, going to the moon. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds kind of trite, but, um, you know, NASA shuttles, the space station, uh, you know, or even just the advances in basic telescopes, even a telescope that you could have in your own home. I mean, the, her two telescopes that we have at the Mariah Mitchell Association are still useful, but just the basic telescope you can buy for yourself to use in your backyard, just really blows them out of the water. And then there's just all the other, I mean, technological advances. I mean, when she worked for the U.S. Nautical Almanac, she was a computer. She did all the mathematical calculations for the ephemeris of Venus. And today, a computer does that same thing instantly. But that took her hours and hours to do out those cal calculations. But I could see where she would also say, oh, some of those things were good because, you know, just using her brain in that way for those calculations, some of that gets lost because of, of technology. You know, not many people know Morse code anymore, but heaven forbid that can come in handy at times. So I, I think she would be amazed, shocked. I think it would depend on what it, what it was that we were talking about. I once wrote a blog about would Mariah tweet and I could see her not being on it all the time, but I could see her using it to call her students to the observatory for observations or if something was happening that they didn't know was going to happen or, you know, in, in the heavens or it was unexpected, her kind of sending out that that message. Although we know a lot more about what's coming than she did in the 19th century. Sure. I always think that's a fascinating way to look back at somebody historical and start to imagine, you know, what would their relationship be to the world that we have now? You know, especially like when I think about Mariah Mitchell, I think about her connection to nature and I think about, you know, how would she feel about the island changing? 
and how would she be dealing with climate change and and be interested in preserving you know preservation right because i can see those pieces of her she'd be right there at the forefront of working on all working on, on those areas wherever she could I mean, she wasn't just about astronomy and mathematics like we said earlier she was very much about the natural world and that was something that was very important to her daily nature walks were something she did for her entire life until she could no longer do them later in her life. Just observing the world around her and the changes that were happening on a seasonal basis, a monthly basis, a daily basis. But I think she would be keenly interested and definitely invested in climate change, in ocean acidification and what is going on with that. So Jason, I know the other thing that you're working on right now is the Mariah Mitchell Women in Science Symposium that's happening in Boston in September. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So this is something that we started in 2018 to celebrate Mariah's 200th birthday. Uh, we invited uh, speakers and panelists from all over the country to come together to talk about women in STEM and what we could do better to ensure that girls and women remain in the STEM fields. So we had uh, Davis Sobel, and we had Meg Yuri, who's an astronomer at Yale, and former head of SETI, Tarter, who um, Carl Sagan's book, Contact, was all about. And we also had something that was a little different. So we had these salons, which are kind of little mini think tanks that we would break people off into groups of 20 to 25 to reflect back on what was discussed by the panelists and the speakers. And in those salons, everyone was anonymous. They were all mixed up, so they didn't get to choose where they went. They were placed in them, so they wouldn't be with people they worked with or went to school with to give them more freedom to speak out. And in those salons, we were doing hands-on, like Mariah. The point of the salons was to develop real-world solutions that we could take back to our places of work and education and what have you to try and make a difference. And we had an incredible response to it with people who went back and implemented these things that we talked about, that they came up with in these salons and really started to make a difference where they worked and where they went to school or where they used to go to school. So we have aimed to continue that. Due to the pandemic, we had to go online in 2020, for which we had almost 400 attendees online. And we're doing this again in person, just outside Boston, September 22nd to 24th. Registration is up. It can be found through the MMA's website and also mmwss.org, which is the Mariah Mitchell Women of Science Symposium website. Um, and we have another fantastic slate panelist speakers, and we will again be working in our salons with groups. So we'll have, we have students from all over the country, attendees from all over the country, from all walks of STEM. It's not people just from academia. We have women who are actively working, you know, at the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute um, as marine engineers and scientists. We have panels on diversity, equity, and inclusion, on mentoring and mental health. So it's really exciting, and I think Mariah would be really pleased. I think that's something she would want us to to do to, to push forward and find ways to continue to reach out to help women and girls in STEM and to bring them forward. And, and for those, you know, we have runs the gamut, people who are earlier in their career, mid-career, late career, and helping and reaching a hand out to those back behind you who are coming up and to give them that support system that they need to succeed in STEM. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Well, that sounds really great and very exciting. And how can people learn more about that? 
If they go to the Mariah Mitchell Association's website, they can find the link to the symposium website. And the symposium website is also mmwss.org, which stands for the Mariah Mitchell Women of Science Symposium. Well, thanks for sharing all of this with us today. Jason, really appreciate, love having you here talk about all of your incredible knowledge of you know both the organization and of Mariah. Thank you for doing that today. And if you have been listening, I'm Joanna Roach. I'm with Jason Finger. We're with the Mariah Mitchell Association and our podcast is called The Nature of Nantucket. Thanks so much. <laughs>